You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Hey, fan people. It's your host, Aaron Broverman, reminding you that this episode of Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com is sponsored by Harry Tarantula. And the thing I love about comics are the crossovers. You know, those intercompany crossovers, DC versus Marvel, Batman versus Spider-Man, Spawn versus Daredevil. I mean, really, the sky's the limit. But I miss them. They don't happen so much anymore. But on the retail side, Harry Tarantula has a crossover on its own. You can go there for your comics fix and your cryptocurrency because they now sell Bitcoin. So you can get Batman and Bitcoin. It's pretty great, especially when people like uh, city councilor Norm Kelly are talking about maybe paying your taxes in Toronto, your parking tickets, those sorts of things with Bitcoin. Now, if you don't know what Bitcoin is, it's a decentralized currency. Leon can tell you all about it. As he says, the least interesting thing about Bitcoin is the price. So go over there, get your comics, get your cryptocurrency, get your Batman, get your Bitcoin, and tell Leon that Aaron sent you. Listening to Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one-on-one with Toronto's comic book luminaries, with your host, Aaron Broverman. Hey, fan people! Welcome to another episode of Speech Bubble. I am your host, Aaron Broverman. We're on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on all your favorite podcatchers. Also, you can follow us on social media at Speech Bubble Pod. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. With me today, we have a very, very, very special guest. He's from Paris. He is a very, very prominent uh, European artist and cartoonist. Uh, He met Olivier Morboff while studying physics and math, and together they founded a visual arts review called Loi Carnivore. And they also had another magazine called Le Cheval Sans Tête, which translates as The Headless Horse. This was also kind of a contemporary art comics magazine sort of a thing. He's also done a lot of artistic collabs with Marbuff. Their style is sort of known as dissonance artwork. And from there, they founded a publishing house called Amok. And then Amok partnered with a Belgian publisher named Fréon, and they became Frémok. So we're very happy to have this man with us. He's come a long way, courtesy of the French consulate, just for the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. Please welcome Ivan Alogbe. <laughs> welcome, Ivan. Thank you very much. Now, we're here to discuss your latest work, which is the first time uh, that your work has been translated into English, correct? Yes. It's called Yellow Negroes and Other Imaginary Creatures. It's published by the New York Review of Comics. I had the pleasure of reading it. 
I think that you started it in 2001. Is that correct? No, not exactly. Uh, actually, the story Yellow Negroes uh, was uh, first serialized in, in the 90s, something like 93, I think, or 94. And then uh, after the, um, it was serialized in our magazine, Le Cheval Sans Tête, and then I uh, read you every pages, I do it another version of it. And it came out, I think, in uh, 95 or 96, I don't exactly remember. So that was the first publication of it. And then after we made another edition, another one. Another version in 2001. Ah, so that's and the one. another one at 2013, and that's the version that has been translated into into English. And this is the first time that it's ever been translated into English. Exactly. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I know that the particular story, Yellow Negroes is really legendary in contemporary French comics. So I was really excited to read it. Your style is very visceral. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, African-French uh, characters. And when you're highlighting their race, there's like a lot of shading and scribbles. It's it's very frenetic, I would mm -hmm, say. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you were first, you know, studying before you met Olivier, uh, you were studying physics and math. How do you go from somebody who studies physics and math to somebody who wants to do comics? Well, that's a long story. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> I would say that uh, as a child, I wanted to be a pilot, like to, to drive planes. <laughs> and um, so my father and, and father and mother, they would always say that, oh, I have um, want to do this for such a long time. So even as a kid, I was like kind of blocked. So I had to do that because that's, I've said so. And uh, I was at college and... Um, you know, I will be always, each year I will be the one in the class that knows how to draw or will be one or two or three. Uh, but at that time I was in my teenage, I be, uh, begin to think about becoming a comic artist and not a pilot. But I was kind of afraid, not confident enough to go to art school because I feel like if I go there, everybody will would know how to draw and I would be just one of them in the middle. So I was not confident enough. And I continued to have some serious study. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I chose uh, mathematics and physics. Uh, I was supposed I could do some more study to become a pilot after that. But then I didn't want it anymore. Um, and I have also, I had also a problem with my eyes. I don't see that. Um, and yeah, I started with the idea of becoming a comic artist. So I will, while studying, I will mm, do my comics uh, at the same time. So between trying to wanting to be a pilot for so long, yeah. when did you finally switch to comic art? Like, what caused the the switch in your mind? Uh, I would say. First, I had this problem with my eye that maybe it was not possible to become a pilot. But the main thing is that, uh, you know, I was not, uh, I was quite a shy, uh, person, a shy guy in, in my teenage. So, uh, reading and also drawing is one will be my, and uh, my, um, 
main activity like I can do it by myself uh, and uh, and at a certain point it will be a way for me to to discover the world and and also to live several life in a way that's what uh, you can be looking for when you read you living the life of somebody else or imaginary life and uh, so uh, so I decided of becoming an artist uh, but a comic artist. Did you read comics as a kid? What appealed to you about comics specifically? Well, I cannot remember what would be my first comics as a child, but obviously I've read some, yeah, quite soon and, and I did uh, like it quite a lot when I was young and I don't know why. I mean, it's just something like, it's nice. I would say comics is quite, uh, natural language in a way because when you get uh, learn to how to read of course you will you will they will show you and spell you some words but you will use picture also and uh, the the mix of picture and text is quite good to catch what you have in mind like sometimes words are not enough and sometimes picture are not enough uh I mean, of course, you can do many things with those things separately, but uh, for me, it's more—it's much more easy to use both at the same time, just like with uh, your two fingers like this, you can take it. Right. And if you want to tell a dream, for instance, of course, you can use word and speak, but maybe at a certain moment, you'll need to uh, draw something because it's, oh, yeah, I've seen something like this, or it was a place a little bit like this. So for me, it's a kind of natural language, like you have all the possibility of graphic language or, or to put what you have in mind on a sheet of papers, and then someone else will see it and it's sign it sign like you have something it's just paper and ink but people will make something out of it and get an idea in their in their mind that's amazing tell me about uh meeting olivier and how that transferred into you guys doing comics together uh so we were uh in this science uh university and but we were both and few others not that much into science at least not we were different from the other student there because you know in, in, in at least in france humanities university uh, or liter uh, literature university will be more lively maybe or more uh, free in a way but in science people are very serious and uh, and we were not that serious and uh, at least we were interested in art in general and so we begin uh, actually um, the association non-profit association dissidents at work began with the idea of promoting art and culture in any forms. And so we started with a movie club, like you will show some few films, you know, in a university, just like students make some activities. And then after we started with a fanzine, there was this magazine, Le Carnivore, which will, which not only visual art uh, magazine, but it was a magazine that will uh, speak about any kind of art form, like uh, comics, uh, literature, and paintings, and movies, and theater, and whatever. And so at that time, it was also a tool for us, as we were quite young, uh, we were 20, 
And it was a tool for us to continue or even start sometime to discover things. So to go to the movie or theater and then after share your experience with some other uh, via the, 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 the magazine, via article or interview with, with creative. And so that's how we, we began to work together with Olivier because he did create this association with some other uh, students uh, of the university. And little by little, we, it, we were on, we became the only one to work on it. So we were only two working with the, 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 the magazine. And it was, um, Olivier was not that much into comics. He was, he was much more into literature and paintings. And he had also a band. He was doing music. So he was, uh, it was, uh, he is a, a very talented guy and, and, uh, he, he still do many things. And he started to speak uh, to me about a novel he was working on. And uh, I don't know if, he, I don't remember. And it, I think he proposed me to work on it, maybe to, to do comics, because I was more into comics. It was my art form. I, could, I wouldn't dare making uh, a novel or, or, or even paintings. I was just happy with comics. That was my... And as a drawer, a lot of people that will be writing a little bit would come and propose me, oh, why not work on my text and something like this? And most of the time, I didn't like it. Like, it was really shitty. Like, okay, yeah, you're writing. Oh, fine. But <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not going to work on on this. <laughs> and uh, But it was different with Olivier because this well, the, the, the novel or the text he was working on was much more... Uh, better than and and uh, and i did like it and we started to work on what will become my first book uh, before i did negro jaune it was a, a book called ville prostituée like prostitute city and so that was our, our very very uh first uh collaboration when you say that like you know most of the subject matter that people would propose didn't appeal to you but his subject matter really spoke to you uh, what kinds of themes and subjects do you like? Do you like working with best? Why did it speak to you so much? Uh, I, you know, in a, I couldn't exactly explain why. I mean, just like when he began to speak of it, I do feel that it was something different and much more better than other writer want to be. Better quality. Uh, yes, it's not, and it's not even a matter of quality. Like you judge something, it's just something like okay, it was. Um, more mysterious and more, I mean, I don't, just like something, you don't get everything of it, like you, but you feel that something be, uh, behind it. Right. And that's what I like uh, about art in general, because sometimes, you know, when it's too clear, what, what is it about or, or when the intention or the, the, the will of the author or artist are too clear and too obvious. It's not, most of the time, it's not very interesting. And as I say, when I get asked if I have a message with that book of that story, I just say that if I have a message that I could put in one or two sentences, then I give the sentences to you. I don't make a book. I make, I don't make drawing. I don't make so. If you make a book, a comic, uh, uh, any art form, uh, any um, work of art, it's because there's something else than just a message. I mean, at least the work is the message and the form and the content is only 
one thing for me. And so you cannot, it's not, uh, I have a message in my head and I will get a form for it. It's much more complicated than that. Uh, and at least I like it to, more, to be more complicated than that. And half of the impact is how the reader interprets it for themselves. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it doesn't have to be too obvious. Otherwise, it's not interesting. If it, as I say, if it can put it in two sentences, then the sentences are what you have to keep and just throw the rest. Right. Okay. So tell me, coming off of your first book, how did this develop into establishing a publishing company? Well, when, when we, were, we did this book, we realized that, you know, we have a, 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 an editor there and this guy was working like he, he was not really part of the company. He would get paid by, um, royalties, just like an, uh, an author. And he did this because he wanted to have some kind of freedom and his choice. And that's how he, he came and chose us. I mean, he didn't came. I'd sent it some material, but he wanted to publish a, a our stuff and so we got a contract we got published but then after that we realized that the publishing house was not that much working on our book because they didn't believe in it and so for them that was something that won't be a, a big sale so that was not interesting for them they was much more interested in some other artists that this editor bring with them with him because there was a friend of his so the publishing house won't uh, work with this editor to be able to work with uh, more famous artists like um, Regis Loisel and, and Petit Luc. Uh, it's, maybe it won't appeal to you, but at that time they, was, they were all famous and they could sell uh, several thousand, like uh, maybe um, Loisel, for instance, he, was, he, would, say, he would sell maybe uh, 80,000 copies of his previous book. And in that kind of company, you know, when they are, obviously they have employees and, and uh, it, they are working to, to, to get money enough. Maybe it's not a matter of working only for money, but you have to make some money. And, and so the company will be committed to bring a book that sells, uh, let's say 80,000 uh, copies. They'll commit and work hard to have a hundred thousand copies and but if a book is selling one thousand they just don't care they won't work that much to for the book to sell two thousand uh, instead of one right. which is the double or, or three thousand maybe and so we and there was a lot of artists that were in that situation that maybe the the publishing house won't work that much for them because they just consider that it was not, it doesn't sell enough. So you don't sell it more, which is strange, you know? right? But this happened, and so we thought that maybe if uh, we do a, a company just on that kind of comics, we like uh, uh, we, uh, which were quite in, unusual at that time because comics was very. Uh, stereotype uh, at that time in the back in the nineties, like cartoons and superheroes. Less, yes, not. I mean, you will have uh, uh, superheroes. Uh, manga didn't exist in France at that time, not at all. And so you'll have superheroes, while Disney stuff and uh, Franco-Belgian 
uh, European comics. Like Asterix and... Yes, and Asterix and Tintin and, and many others. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we thought that if we make a publishing house dedicated to that kind of comics, different kind of comics, then we'll be able to defend it in, in, in a more efficient way. And maybe we'll be able also to bring another audience to it, uh, people inter interested in movies or, or literature or, or, or paintings or graphic arts in general. And so that's how it, it, it began. That's amazing. And then it got big enough that uh, that Freon was interested and they wanted no, to merge? Or? No, no, oh, no. Okay. It's, uh, th this merging, uh, this joint venture uh, aspect is just kind of joke. I mean, it's because Freon was just another group of artists that got together to, to, to make a, another publishing house. And we'll be in touch uh, almost since the beginning with them. And uh, actually, at that time, in back in the beginning of the 90s, you'll have several uh, kind of small publishing house that will appear, just like the most and the biggest one would be L'Association, so a group of, of six or eight uh, artists that will go together and, and, and start to publish uh, with an uh, uh, anthology, with a magazine. And so Freon was just another uh, of them. And uh, we, with Olivier, we were only two. So we didn't work as a collective. We work since the beginning with a lot of different people, people that could be part of l'association, people that could be part of Freon, uh, or other group or, or individuals, and uh, people of different country, because that's also something that we begin uh, since the beginning. We work with people from, from Portugal, Spain, and United States as well, Germany, and uh, and um, we wanted really wanted to work as a publishing house, not just a collective group that will publish his own member uh, works. And um, so, since the beginning, we 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 try to also work in another way with some other kind of of not only comics but also another kind of books because at that time in France it was all the comics would look the same like color uh, big format and and around uh, 40 or 50 pages just so our listeners know can you give them a sense of what the like bande dessinée like comic scene is like in France like is it different than America uh, are comics bigger in in well, France and yes it's a lot lot it's yeah it's much more different uh, and uh, and thing has, has changed also since then. So right. like it's, uh, so we begin in, in, the, in the nineties. So I'm not sure I can tell, uh, and make, and make you a complete image. Yeah. You don't have to <laughs> give the whole history <laughs> and all history of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we have a, a strong tradition of comics in France and, right. and a lot of great artists and, uh, and, we have some French and Belgian uh, comics. We do have American comics also at that time. So I, I did uh, read uh, superhero comics as a teenager. Uh, so I would read Spider-Man and, and Iron Man and uh, all those men. <laughs> right, right. Totally. That's awesome. But what you are focused on is sort of more independent, more... That was much more... Uh, that would be later on. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm -hmm. Actually, my first 
complete comics, like my first serious comics, or my, the first one, the, my first try to get published, mm-hmm. was a, a story much, uh, yeah, uh, I had the influence of the, um, Frank Miller, Dark Knight. Oh, nice. At that time. So it's quite different from what I'm doing now, but that was, uh, uh, something that influenced me for my first, uh, so I, I think I'll, I'll be maybe 16 at that time when I read it. And that was not my only influence, of, of, of course, but, uh. What appealed to you? Just like the adult nature and the, and the like visceralness? Yes. As, as, yeah, as a reader, as someone that I had read some superhero, uh, material as, mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger, uh, uh, it was interesting for me to see it used in a completely different way. This, this, uh, this Batman getting older and, and bitter and, uh, and also the storytelling was really interesting. This thing with, it was mixed with TV, uh, announcement and, uh, yeah. I think it was, and actually Frank Miller was one of the first, uh, author that I, I did, uh, really recognize the style and the story and okay that i like this uh, the daredevil story and with this uh daredevil yeah the, daredevil he yeah. worked on daredevil yes yeah and so that will be the part of we have a magazine in france that it will, the name was strange and we, you'll have some different uh uh hero uh, spider-man and daredevil and different and i did like the, the frank miller daredevil quite a lot at that time mm-hmm. Uh, That's awesome. and you know, the pages, the rhythm of the pages and the story. I mean, it, it was quite good. I mean, I don't, uh, obviously most of the, the, um, the work Frank Miller is doing right now are quite bad for yeah. me, but, but at that time it was something that yeah. kind of, uh, and I think that the interesting thing in his, in his work at that time and as, uh, you can think what, what, you can think what you want uh, about his political point of view, which is like, and he's, I don't know, I don't know him and I don't, right. I don't want to be mean or something like that. But the thing is that you can see in his work that, uh, so he was an American artist, he was a superhero uh, artist, but you can see, f- see and feel that he got influences by, by European comics and also uh, Japanese comics. Right. And so that was also quite new at that time. He has a very, uh, uh, so that was that would be one of my uh, influence at that time, and my f- very first comics that I sent to to some publisher to try to get published uh, at at seventeen or, or so uh, would be something like it was not really a superhero, but it was a kind of you know a cop, but not so like not vigilante so, or antihero or something like that. Uh, sorry, antihero. You're yeah, kind you're of sort of yeah, bad, yeah, but you're yeah, also yeah, yeah. fighting that for was, good. Uh, for that first comics, uh, that I had another influence. Um, it was a film, a movie film called uh, uh, "To To Live and Die in LA." Yeah, and, yeah, I know. I I know it. So it was also a mix between Dark Knight and this. Nice, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, we all start with our in, our influences, yeah, right? That's, that's the way it is. I mean, I don't. I'm not ashamed. That that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so now, since this is like the first version of Yellow Negroes that's been published, tell people about the story. What were you trying to get across with uh, Yellow Negroes and other imaginary creatures? Uh, well, uh, so uh, it begins with the, the, this, this story called Yellow Negroes. And actually, 
it was the very first time uh, I, uh, I was using black character in my uh, stories. And uh, the, the, the book I've done before, Ville Prostituée, every, every character were white. They were even uh, very white because most of the time the, they will have the color of paper. They won't be pink or light pink or something. They will be white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, uh, I began with this, this, uh, with Yellow Negro, with something that happened in my life. And I, I had this idea of making someone, um, of making, uh, uh, something out of it. It, so it began with the character, uh, Mario that is in the book. Uh, is this man really exists and he's, he's an Algerian, or at least he was an Algerian because he's, he's uh, what we call in France, Archie. Archie people was people that was, that stood in the side of France during the war, uh, independence war of between Algeria and France. Mm. So they were considered as traitor as uh, by the Algerian. Right. And most of them get killed because uh, French gave them up. And, but some of them got to France and settled there, but they were a little bit lost and forgotten between France and, and Algeria. And this character just came out, uh, came to our place one day. Uh, it was, uh, actually the, the, the day before Christmas on, in the morning, mm. just knock at the door and say, Hey, hello, hello. And then beginning to speak a lot and, and just randomly, like he just not, ran not randomly. Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the, the, the character just, um, the, not the character, but uh, the, the guy. The character that are called in the book Alain and Martin just met him just a few hours ago because Martin, she was looking for a job and she, she didn't have uh, documents. So she was looking for a, you know, small job like cleaning up the house or something. And she put some hats in, in, I don't know, in the bakery or in some places. Mm. And this guy just called. And so they were at his place, maybe at eight o'clock. And then after this guy knew more or less where uh, they were staying. And so a few hours later, he tried to find them. So he just knew the area, actually the building or maybe the, the project where they were staying. And so he just get there and just knock every door he, he could find looking for black people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then after, uh, after a while, he just found a place. Wow. That's awesome. It's kind of interesting. And so the, the, the guy was a little bit strange and they didn't, really know what to do with him because he just pretend that he could help them with the document with find them some paper and because he worked with the French army and so on and so they didn't know exactly what to do because he looks a little bit crazy a little bit weird but still maybe he can help right. so that was a, a kind of strange relationship and I got the idea of making something out of this uh, situation and and they were not character at that time they become character when I did the, the comics but the situation kind of and the relation between them inspired me to make something out of it and the influence for this would be in some movie let's say because I would at that time so we were doing Le Carnivore 
and I will go a lot um, to the movies and and I will write maybe about movies then after for the magazine. And I was uh, I've seen uh, a lot of uh, Ryan Fassbinder movie oh, at yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. and or, or Pasolini movie, mm-hmm. and so they were the influence for me to yeah to choose and to maybe get the idea of making uh, something out of the the situation and the relation between the between them. Yeah, it's it's, it's really interesting. Like I I read it and right away there's sort of this like it sort of hits you it's like a Uh, uh, what the when i read it it sort of hit me it was was like a visceral experience Mm -hmm. uh, because you because there's right from the first page it's like very racist Mm -hmm. stuff is Mm -hmm. happening Mm -hmm. and i thought like like you said you know your first book you were doing like white people so i wanted to know like the experience of sort of putting yourself on the page what was that like for you was it a transformative experience yeah you can say so but uh, it's not only a matter of putting myself in in a page it's just it, maybe it's more uh, a question of using the page for me to open it to explore some, right. some feeling and to be someone else maybe also because i would be uh, in in the in the story you'll find uh, a character that is a comic artist he's not the main character but you can imagine that he's the narrator or right. the point of view of yeah. the, but this character so i'll be this character he looks a little bit like me but it's not the only character that i'll I won't use my experience only for this character, but for every character. So there's certain aspects of you in everyone yes, there. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, okay. So I, you're, I can tell that you you're a little concerned about like diversity and the experience of being an African man and that sort of thing. Why was it important for you to put it on the page? Well, I won't say uh, that my idea making this book was not. Uh, it's not a book about about racism, right? As you said, for the, the very first page, uh, the first pages are quite uh, um, striking yeah. on, this, as, on this point of view, right? And actually, it, it, it's it's a little bit softer in English because uh, I realized it when I was reading the French version and showing the pictures of the 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 the, the English version. That you know, uh, when we begin to 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 speak about of to speak about translating the book into English, for me the title should have been or uh, it was my idea, like the way I, f- I feel or I w- I would imagine it. Uh, it was yellow niggers, not yellow niggers. Yeah. And the the, the publisher to- uh, told me that it was like too much, like too, too offensive. That I, uh, we could not really do that. <laughs> And uh, so I trust I trust him, and um, and the first pages in there are several character um, that use the the word negro yeah. in, in French, which is negro or, or nigger, mm-hmm. and in the English version it's black, and so it's kind of smooth a little bit the thing uh, in uh, France in a way, uh, maybe but. And, and then after I, I, I realized that the book has been released uh, last month in in the United States, and I, I've been there for a couple of, of, of for Mocha Festival and for a couple of uh, events and discussion with in in some college and universities. 
And I realized how sensitive uh, this um, uh, race uh, aspect, this race question is uh, in United States. So mm. it's still something really, yeah, very, very sensitive. Maybe more, I think more than it is in French. In, in, yeah, in France, I was going to ask you, is it, is the word less, have less impact? Um, uh, I think so. I mean, I, at least it's not that much, you know, um, so we, we, I, I had the, 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 the opportunity to speak several times about this, uh, uh, and, uh, I get asked if, um, you know, if the, if racism was different, Towards uh, black or, 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 or Muslim people or in, in France, and for me, I feel like uh, racism against uh, um, against Muslim people, uh, um, uh, Arabic people, or people from Algeria or, or Morocco, or every Muslim country, maybe will be stronger than the racism against black people. Oh, mm. I mean, because I mean. Uh, the thing is that uh, obviously you can mix both and you have some racist person that are racist against black and Muslim and Jew and, and right. whatever. Right. So. But uh, right now I feel, I feel like the most dangerous and the most sensitive case would be like everything that are, that is related to Islam. Because the baggage is different, like the, the baggage, baggage in the U.S. is the, the, different. The, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the Algerian war was quite a strong, something like really uh, odd for 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 France. And you have a lot of people coming from those countries in France, and they were already living there. So it's a kind of civil war, and in a way, um, and uh, and I would say that for black people is not the same thing. It's more. But there's also quite a lot. It, you can find a, quite a lot of racism too. But sometimes it's more, let's say, sympathetical. Like mm. oh, because black people, they are not maybe they are not so dangerous. Or they like to sing and dance. They like the music. They like to love. So they are more sympathetical. Yeah, and and there's <laughs> I mean, a lot of there's and a lot there's of, a lot of also uh, West Indies people. Right. So that that are. Um, quite integrated also mm. and so it's not exactly that this the same thing but because of french colonial history you we still have a, a lot of um issue with racism of of course in, in france do you what do you want the reader to take away do you, do you want them to confront these issues in writing this uh, at least for me, it was uh, um, a good thing that to make a story where you have, uh, you know, not only European people, uh, white people. Uh, so because there's a lot of different people in in the world, diversity is and good. yes, and at least uh, maybe uh, other people also deserve to their story to be told in a way. So mm. I don't feel like um I have a mission about this and I don't feel like okay let's let's be the 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 black artist that will speak for black people or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But for me it was uh, um interesting to 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 show some different kind of people that you don't see in comics mm -hmm. at, uh, especially at that time. And also the thing is that as a 
black people, myself, or colored people, or whatever you can call this, uh, I'd, um, I could show some character that um, can also not be uh, good or perfect or something. I mean, I wanted to speak like... Uh, and to show the character as real people and three dimensional and, and, and yes and and also not something like i didn't want to make a book uh for instance with a, a black character and showing like okay so much in and the people being so mean to him to him and saying okay oh look at this black nice guy and 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 those bad uh white people uh, uh i don't know um shitting him or something yeah and uh in this case and and the relation that was between mario and the, those characters that don't have people those african beninese uh character it was something like more uh um, mixed and and with a lot of uh um, ambiguities uh, yeah ambiguity ambiguity And so even the title, uh, Yellow Negroes was, uh, something, the idea was more or less that you can be the yellow Negroes of, um, you, everybody can be the yellow Negro of somebody else. Right. And, uh, and, and the point was also that, um, maybe some marginalized people, they won't join together, but maybe they will try to also, uh, use uh the other or maybe you know discriminate uh, themselves yes in a way for yeah. other other yeah people. exactly yeah. exactly okay so 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 I, i wanted to maybe do something uh, and to show this uh which is something uh human not mm -hmm. something uh uh that is uh only uh for uh this or that kind of people and i i noticed that like by choosing especially the second half of the title and other imaginary creatures you really call attention to the fact that like racism is a construction or like a learned yeah. thing it's yeah. artificial yeah. right yeah exactly right yeah it's amazing and i want to say that it's not just yellow negroes that's in here there's other stories it's an anthology yeah Uh, they're a lot shorter, some of them. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of the other stories. Some of them are just snapshots with, with little mm -hmm. uh, sentences and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And it's a very different style. Like the brush mm -hmm. style is very different. Mm -hmm. Tell me about some of the choices that went into the other stories in here and what, yeah. what you're yeah. trying to do. Around my 20s, I, was, uh, I also began to read a lot of literature which I didn't as a teenager, not so much. I mean, when I've, I was at school, you know, you get asked to read this novel or that novel, and then you have to work on it. And most of the time I will skip, not read everything or whatever. So I was not that much into literature. But around my 20, I began to, um, especially uh, the novel of Toni Morrison, Beloved, was Be quite beloved, a, yeah. yeah, Beloved. Uh, was quite a strong, uh, made a strong impression of me and maybe, uh, uh, begin with this, um, idea of, of every story being, uh, a ghost story. <laughs> right. And, uh, I began to read more literature and so I read, uh, and I read, uh, William Faulkner, 
mm-hmm. uh, novels. And I like this is way of using different. Uh, I, I mean, I do use the same character for for different uh, uh, novels and to you know create a kind of world when you can you can you can meet the same character time to time for uh, right recurring but, recurring yeah character. yeah 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 but not in the way that comics will do at that time like you have all Tintin and Asterix will be always this and will be always the same coming in the same adventure but in this way in in a little more. Um, uh, circumstantial yes and something like uh, you can uh, i mean so the the the, diff, the, the second uh, story of the the the, the book um, is named dia and you'll find that one of the the, the main character will be the same character of of martin that you have in in uh, yellow negroes but it's not the sequel of of, of yellow negroes it's something else so you right. can read it separately completely but then if you read the whole it's 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 kind of bring something by the connection right. of it and it's just another slice of this character another aspect yes exactly another vision of him. exactly exactly so because of yeah william faulkner but i can quote uh, also uh, juan carlos onetti he was uh, uh, a writer from from uruguay uh, or argentina okay no uruguay uruguay and he also made he created an imaginary city which name was santa maria yeah i remember i remember yeah yes a novel or short story happening there so i got influenced by that kind of uh thing and i made the same kind of thing so it's like a connected universe yes yes like a city and so when i began with dia i I would use the same uh, um, female character that in in in, uh, uh, negro jaune and i first intended to make the same kind of drawings and the same kind of storytelling but the main character is uh, a very very lonely uh, taxi driver coming from Africa also, but from Mali, another country. And uh, when I was working the project, little by little, it appeared that I cannot tell it the same way. Right. And I've, uh, I wanted to uh, make something more mental, like you have some mental picture and some discourse, like you have you are inside the head of this character, mm-hmm. which is he's alone driving his, his, his cab and thinking and thinking. So imagining that he's speaking to his wife that is in Africa or his father or to this woman that he'd met, this Beninin girl to Martin, the same character uh, right. of uh, ne- uh, Negro Jaune. And so the storytelling basically is that you are inside his head. And so he will think that he's speaking with his father but the next moment he will speak with uh, somebody else he will skip from past to present and that kind of thing just like a kind of of of, um stream of consciousness uh right so that's something that came from novel at least for 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 me but i try to more or less adapt this in, in in comics what about your technique i noticed that like when you're drawing like people, there's like heavy, heavy shading, but it's like quick, looks like a sort of scribble sort of thing. And then, and then when you get out of yellow Negroes, you switch to like a brush 
style mm-hmm. you know tell me about the choices you made as far as what kind of drawing you were going to do so um yeroni grows was the very very first uh story that i i draw in, mm-hmm. in that way yeah, with the using uh, a brush and and uh, and if you look to the to the issue of le cheval sans tête with if you look at the first version of it, you can see that uh, I'm working on it, like I'm trying to find a way to do it. And and the first pages are are quite bad and quite ugly. <laughs> and uh, but then little by little, I came with the right uh, uh, form, and it's more or less the same for um, every story. Like you, I work on it, and and then after uh, it. Uh, I find the, the, the good form of, and so that include text, but also the picture, the way to do it. And also this, um, the use of black Indian ink and, and brush or, or pen is, uh, it was my, um, I began to work with this black and white. Uh, right. uh, technique because yeah, I noticed and that you give you don't fill in the whole thing you give hints like every yeah, so often yeah, yeah. you yeah. give like a tracing or, or a yes, hint I, yeah. or an idea of a yes, black person yes and I use also a lot of void right. uh, and and so the, the blank part are, are negative space negative space mm-hmm. in a way uh, it's it's as important as the the inked parts right so, right exactly so and uh, I realized that the more simple and the more uh, fast uh, my drawing was, the better they were, uh, because then you have uh, space for the reader uh, imagination. And uh, if the reader accept to 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 get involved in the book and to commit himself in the book, he will fill the empty spaces, and and he will. Uh, imagine, you know, this, so I give him just something to light, uh, to, to turn on his imagination. And then it's better if it's inside his head than on, on paper. And that's the advantage of comics, I think, because you can, you can convey a lot with a little bit of expression. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, you know, there's this story like uh, you know, they made some animated cartoons animated movies of of Tintin for instance right. and and uh, a, a child would say when Tintin is going to speak and he say oh but Tintin doesn't have that voice because when you read there's just you know uh, word on paper but on uh, comics you have speech balloons speech mm-hmm. bubble mm-hmm. and you'll hear the voices and mm. so you imagine the voices and and that's i think it's the main uh, uh thing about comics when it, you put too many things on the pages then there's no space to really uh up for the reader to appropriate to to catch and 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 to and to create something with his own mind it's about the relationship with the reader which leads into my final question which is you spoke about this earlier, just like the controversy around like some of the language that you're using and mm-hmm. the way that people bring their own baggage mm-hmm. to it and the way that it's affecting what you can do in terms of like, you know, how you can sell it or you have to change it. There's a, there's censorship. So I wanted to give y- your, I want you to give your sort of take on now that this is out here and it is considered 
like controversial or at least hard hitting language to some people. How do you handle that? What did you intend to do? Well, I'm, uh, I'm not sure I got your question. Like, like in terms of it, it's called yellow Negroes. And you yes. said earlier that in the States, it was going to be called like yellow uh, N word. Right. And that's like a big, I, 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 I imagine that it could have been yellow niggers. Yeah, yeah, instead. exactly. Yeah. exactly. But I, I discovered that this is really a serious matter that you don't, I mean, come someone will get I, I heard the story of, of uh, uh, a university uh, professor that got fired just because he used the word. Right. And, and it actually didn't use it to speak up to someone or to, to, but he was, uh, trying to speak about that yeah. and he just pronounced it. And that was enough for, to, to make a scandal because he was not black. So he could, he couldn't tell this word. Right. So I, I realized how, how uh, sensitive it, it still is today. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think it would impact your own work as no, you tour around? And no, see? no. But at least it didn't impact it in a way that if the book was called Yero Niggers and uh, and uh, <laughs> if I did uh, insist and wanted to, then no, I want to do it. Maybe uh, some um, uh, journalist uh, could couldn't be able to write something about it right. just because of the title right. like okay i cannot write something because i cannot write the title yeah exactly <laughs> so that's yeah that's strange but it's let's say it it is interesting and i do want to uh keep on working on that and actually maybe i would i would like to 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 come to United States maybe a little bit longer and and make a project about that about i mean the black image in, in in comics or maybe the black the black uh, experience of of uh, and for me it's quite important because in a way um as i say uh, uh, i don't believe in race and no. it's a it's it's a constriction it's a, okay. but still something exists at uh, something like a black experience exists and uh, and obviously for me it's not only a matter of africa it's also a matter of um, america and and the story that took place here right and you still have to deal with that no matter how you view it yourself yeah sure right? sure right so that's the question like that's kind of what i wanted to get to so thank you for asking the question You're welcome. anyway man i'm looking forward to seeing you uh at tcaf weekend obviously this is coming out after that so i hope you enjoyed our conversation uh you can find us at never sleeps network never sleeps network.com uh, don't forget to support us by going to riptapparel.com and when you buy your geeky t-shirts type in never sleeps all one word capital we get some uh, money off the back end for that and uh, support our sponsors subscribe and review and we'll see you next time on speech bubble thank you Speech Bubble, the podcast that goes one-on-one with Toronto's comic book luminaries. See you next time. Never Sleeps Network.
This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Speech Bubble on Never Sleeps Network at NeverSleepsNetwork.com is executive produced by Alex Ross. Audio editing by Joseph Yanni. Social media assistance by Jamie Warner and the Social Smiths. Announcements by Craig Mayhem and Sean Ward. Logo design and graphical assistance by Brittany Tice.